You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoie. I'm the proud host of this show. Today I've got Brooks Childress and Cam Berry with me here and a lot to talk about after not being on the airwaves yesterday. We will reveal Sports Call's Player of the Week throughout today's show. We will preview the Final Four coming up in Houston. Also, the Women's Final Four will be coming up. Uh, starting tonight, I guess, uh, and then the championship game Sunday, so we'll have a few words about that. Uh, we'll continue to update you on latest fall camp rumblings as well as latest college basketball transfer portal rumblings as the uh, portal got a big addition today. Don't know if Auburn will have any uh, interest in particular of the guy that went in the portal today, but a big one to tell you about, uh, probably the biggest one to go in the portal uh, so far. So talk a little bit about that. The Braves got going it yesterday. Talk a little bit about their first uh, first game of the year, and just a lot to to talk about. Also, a uh, watch to watch for over the weekend coming up at the end of the show. Birthdays and sports nightly TV guide as always on the show today as well. Again, Ryan Brooks and Cam with you here. Of course, we're going to take all your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Cam, start with you. Hope you're doing well today, sir. Yeah, yeah, doing great. Uh, it's Friday. Gotta love a good Friday. Um, ready for uh, Auburn softball to take on Ole Miss and uh, Auburn baseball to take on Florida. Um, a, a chance to... Uh, you know, maybe get one down there. Number two, Florida's number two in the nation, so that'll be cool. Uh, Will Cannon and John Armstrong getting their first starts in this series. Really excited to see uh, both of those guys get their opportunity. And I said previously that Will has the um, has the ability to be a starter. He started when he was at um, down in uh, Florida when he was in JUCO, so he he has some experiences, and he did it in high school as well. So um, he's been a starting pitcher before. Uh, so see if he can get that opportunity to uh, to to see how how far he can go there, um, and yeah, just a uh, bunch of stuff going on. I mean, you know, we have I, I don't know if you want me to go ahead and drop the name. I think who it's who you're talking about with the transfer portal stuff. We'll hold off on that. For yeah, a second. hold off on that. All right, sounds good. Um, and uh, just excited, the Falcons um, announced their official signing of of Calais Campbell today. So. Um, ready to see what he brings to the table. I mean, all pro defensive linemen, really excited about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, then the NBA season starting to wrap up here soon, really closing in and about five games left for every team. So, um, playoffs are coming up soon and play in and, and everything that, that comes with that. And, uh, yeah, doing, doing real well. 
And then Mr. Brooks Childress on the show as well. Hey. Uh, Brooks, hope you're doing well. I am doing great. Baseball is officially back. I know we've had a month of spring training to keep up with, but uh, baseball opening day is finally back. And, you know, I he, he hasn't done anything personally, but I just want to take this moment to you know say that Rob Manford is just the worst. Um, <laughs> I knew where really, you were going with that. Really, you know, I'll just go with this, that you allow the schedule to happen where you have a play day and then an off day, and then you get back to a normal weekend schedule. Just start the series on a Friday. Just Or start the start opening day on a Friday. Just let, let it happen. Nice. That, that way yeah. you get to go ahead and just coast into the season. There's a few teams that are playing today, but just let everybody – Everybody play on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Don't get this off day. Let us have our baseball consecutive days, and let's let's go with it. Because they just came off like the Braves. Like, you know, the Braves schedule. You played Monday and Tuesday spring training games. Had a travel day. All right, cool. Then you play Thursday, and you get an off day Friday. Come on, come on now. Let's go. Let's just let's let's pick this up. Let's let's move on. Rob Manfred's the worst. Other than that, baseball's <laughs> back. This is awesome. Uh, can't wait for you know. I've always, I love this time of year. Uh, baseball is my second favorite sport. All baseball is my second favorite sport behind college football. And so this is a great time of year. And uh, yeah, can't wait to talk about all the big headlines. Can't wait to talk to all of our callers and get a, get a little bit of a, a little bit of sports calling today. Absolutely. We will be getting off air at about 525.30 today as Auburn softball uh, has a big home series starting up against Ole Miss at 545 airtime right here in Tiger 95.9. Mentioned a couple of days ago that uh, for the next month or so, there will be a lot of days, a lot of weekdays, uh, where we have either Auburn softball or Beauregard baseball slash softball uh, having us have a shortened show. So we'll always make sure that everyone is aware of that. And, of course, today is one of those days, as Cam mentioned, also got Auburn baseball and Auburn softball series to talk to you about Auburn baseball with very tough series in Gainesville, which we'll go over a little bit later as well. But I do want to start with the news of the transfer portal player hitting because uh, we've wondered how high of magnitude of players could be persuaded to get into the portal based off of NIL, based off maybe a little bit of a struggling team situation. And we're getting our answer in college basketball. Obviously, we saw Caleb Love hit the portal uh, a week or two ago from North Carolina. The Tar Heels not making the NCAA tournament. Love being a three-year player there. Uh, a lot goes into that decision for him, but he's in the portal. He has now been surpassed, though, in terms of on three rankings of highest-graded player into the transfer portal. Hunter Dickinson of Michigan hitting the portal today. Dickinson, one of the very best players, not just big guys, players in the country. For sure. But, of course, Michigan, again, with a, a down season, only making the NIT. Dickinson this year averaged 18.5 points a game and nine rebounds. Of course, that's on the heels of 18.5 points a game and 8.5 rebounds a game the year before. So two consecutively really good years of Hunter Dickinson uh, at Michigan. He shoots... Uh, at around 56% from the field. He's developed a little bit of a three-point shot in uh, this past year. And so Dickinson is the whole package as a big guy, nearly two blocks a game, uh, was a do-it-all guy for Michigan, and he is by far now the top player in the portal. Uh, I have no idea, guys, if Auburn will be targeting him. I assume that just about every good program in the country will be contacting the 7-2 big man now formerly of the Michigan Wolverines. But this is, 
I, I, I want to try and think of a college football equivalent, but again, this is one of the very top players in the country. Uh, again, uh, one of those guys that doesn't have an obvious pro future just because of his style right. of play, uh, but certainly one of the top guys in college basketball. And now there's going to be a, a it's going to be a madhouse trying to get the services of Hunter Dickinson. Oh my gosh, the demand is going to be absolutely insane. The dude can do it all. Shot forty two percent from three uh, as a center and and i probably i would i would assume it doesn't say how many attempts per game but i would probably guess about maybe two maybe three attempts per game um and i mean even still 42 percent, i will take that every day uh, that means he's at least making one of them um and uh, i mean he can just he can score from everywhere he plays defense really well i mean i'm sure everybody's gonna at least reach out um, it doesn't seem like he has anywhere that's potentially like he has any pref- preferred destination. Jeff Goodman said he's wide open is what he said is what he told him. So he's, he's just looking for somewhere new and, 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 and a new opportunity probably wants to really, um, somewhere he can win probably. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't see him having the opportunity to go pro. I mean, I see what you're saying with the style of play, but if he can develop that three a little bit more and really make it consistent, that'll definitely um, have him give him an opportunity at least to, to make a roster um, and maybe get drafted um, if he has a really good year with a really good team and, and it really impacts the team. Um and, and so, yeah, I, I, uh, he's an exciting player, a very electric player. If you're not uh, – if you're a program, if you're a coach of a program, and you're not at least reaching out to gauge interest, I don't know what you're doing. Right. I, it, you may <laughs> – no, you, you know, you may not – you know, it, you may be like, well, we may not have a need at that position. You may look at your roster and say, we may not need have a need at that position right now. But if, you know, if one of the best players in the country <laughs> – enters the transfer portal no matter what you know what it is you you reach out and you ask for you know it, you you ask gauge the interest and if he's not interested in your program then you can you're like all right fine we're settled with our with our guys anyway but you gotta at least reach out i mean it's this is like the 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 transfer portal has opened doors that otherwise you know otherwise you wouldn't have thought about this guy you know go you know a guy like this of this caliber coming to your program after he's already committed to, you know, Michigan, he's gone to Michigan, been there. You're like, Oh, well, you know, we missed out on this guy. Now you have another chance. You got another opportunity at him. And then out, and you've seen him for, uh, you know, if, even if you were on the fence about him recruiting him out of high school, right. You, are, you now have gotten to see what he is, uh, what, he, what the potential is for him to come to, for him in, in the college game. And you know what he, he, how he can, you know, work into your offense. So I, I think if you are, if you are a head coach of a basketball program out there, You've got to be at least reaching out, engaging interest. Say, hey, what do you think about coming and playing here? And I think I'm sure you know it, that's what Bruce Pearl has at least done, or someone on his staff has done, is reached out, said, hey, what's your interest in Auburn? You know, it gotta it be. can't hurt. It cannot hurt you to reach out to a guy of this caliber. Right. I mean, the, the worst they're going to do is is say no, and of course the answer is already no if you don't ask. Right. Uh, and so you, plus, you, you know, say like say if you're Auburn reach out to him if you don't reach out to him what if he goes to alabama and it's like oh well auburn never offered him that's going to come back then people like us are going to come back and say well why didn't you come back and why didn't you offer him i'll just cry myself (laughs) to sleep uh it it should be noted i I went back through his recruiting profile which of course three years old now he he spent three years at michigan obviously a lot of of people talked to him and offered him duke carolina 
Uh, Alabama was one. Auburn did not recruit him out of high school. Uh, he is from uh, Virginia. Uh, DeMatha Catholic, uh, which is uh, up in the Northeast. Uh, and so I think that it, you're going to have to, even if you're you're Auburn and you know you have Janai Broom, who is a, a good big, again, Dickinson's going to trump, trump all. He's really different. Here. Yeah, and, he's different. And, and you've got to at least contact him, gauge his interest now. Again, he might not have any interest in being in the Southeast. I know, again, a few teams contacted him. I, I believe he went on a visit to Kentucky back in high school. I mean, I mean, again, he's going to be linked to all the big programs, but you've got to at least contact him. I, I've seen so many guys that have been contacted by 15 to 20 teams. He's going to be contacted by at least double that, and the teams that don't contact him are no, just know they have no chance. Right. But th- that is a, a game-changing player, and I'm a little surprised just to see someone of that magnitude didn't know it was on um, on the radar. I, yeah. I, I guess you know when you have been somewhere three years and Michigan has had uh, some decent teams, but again, not making the tournament this year, uh, then you are looking for a change. Some of his credentials, he's three-time All-Big Ten. He was the Big Ten Rookie of the Year his freshman year, and then he has been a consensus All-American. He's so, a dog, man. Uh, he, we, we always read the accolades for the birthdays in sports, and it's not Hunter Dickinson's birthday, but <laughs> he does have a lot of accolades in his three years uh, at Michigan. So that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. We talked about some guards that Auburn needs to target or would like to see them target um, or, or even in some case have already targeted uh, a couple of days ago, but uh, still could be looking for a big guy or two Got to hear from everyone's decisions. We relate this to Auburn uh, more on the nose here. We, we saw Wendell Green Jr. yesterday go on the next round out of Birmingham. Uh, he has a weekly chat with them. He's done that since the beginning of the season. And he kind of alluded to he expects to make a decision by the end of next right. week. So Wendell Green Jr.'s decision could be soon. We kind of feel like we got a quasi-decision, I believe, Wednesday night from Trey Donaldson. Yeah. Uh, I believe, based off of his social media, uh, you can read the tea leaves there that he's saying there he's coming back. Not a big surprise there. Would have started to raise more eyebrows if, if he and Westry were out the door. Oh, uh, of course, Donaldson did come in that class with Westry and Treyor last year. He was by far the lower rated of the three, but he was Perform- the most successful yeah, of the, the three Absolutely. Uh, on the court this year. So. Still waiting on a lot of decisions, but I say all that to say don't have any word on Janai Broom. Don't have any word on someone like Dylan Cardwell. Obviously, as good as Janai Broom was this year, still Dickinson would be an upgrade. Again, that's no disrespect to Broom. That would be an upgrade over maybe every big in the country except for one or two. Uh, except for like Zach Eady and maybe Armando Baycott. So uh, that is going to be interesting to follow. And again, we'll keep you up to date uh, with any more portal rumblings or if any other Auburn Tigers make a decision one way or another. We need to take our first time out of the show now, though. When we come back, birthdays and sports. And also, if you want to give us a call on the Auburn Make phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call. Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. 
Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Friday afternoon. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Berry with you here. Just got done chatting about more transfer portal items. It's honestly, it's so much e- I Look, there. I, I know that uh, everyone always wants to know the, the college football transfer portal, but to me it's easier to keep up with basketball portal. A, there's less really players is. in college basketball. Yeah, yeah. B, they're a little, little easier to keep up with because, again, 12 players on a team, essentially 13 players on a team. If you've watched that team at all, you've probably watched that player as opposed to, oh, here's this number two linebacker right. off of, that, I don't know, Kansas State. That probably didn't play much. Right, right. And, and sometimes the depth pieces for teams that you – it's harder to watch a team once in football and get their Overall, first and second right. team guys down pat yeah. with a good memory of them than it is to watch a 40-minute basketball game and get their top top first Agreed. two first two teams there. Yeah. So um, sometimes it's easier to keep up with basketball portal. Now, that being said, in the coming weeks, when the football portal gets going again, we will update you on everything Auburn – does there i'm still not convinced uh as many people are i am still not convinced that auburn's done with the quarterback room we've talked about the progress of holden gurner and maybe the lack thereof of tj finley or robbie ashford i still think they're going to add someone to that mix at some point but the question is who and the question is in what capacity as a clear starter as someone to vie for the quarterback job vie for the starting job or someone that's probably not going to get the starting job, just more depth. We will see. We'll ter- certainly keep you updated on that when uh, when that starts to happen. And that's why I went over earlier this week the pro uh, not the pro days the spring games because once Auburn gets going next weekend with their spring game next Saturday, there's a couple more on that Saturday. But it's the next Saturday where over half the SEC is going, and and I think that you're going to see the portal really start to expand once that that happens because again not a lot of guys i think are going to get out of there before that spring game so we will keep you updated of course with all of that now it's time to shift gears here let's get today's birthdays in sports it's time for today's birthdays in sports birthdays in sports is presented by max credit union with two convenient locations to serve you one location on gay street in auburn the other on frederick road in opelika the Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. We'll start out today with an Auburn birthday. Caleb Wooden turns 19. Safety at Auburn University. Wooden was born in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Hey. And was an athlete at Archer, Archer High School. All-state selection. Three-star in the class of 2022. Called his older brother and signed with the Auburn Tigers. Wooden Eagle. Red shirting in the 2022 season. Colby Wooden's brother, Caleb Wooden 
turns 19 today. Jimmy Johnson turns 85. No, not the former head coach of the Cowboys and not the, the NASCAR driver. Former 49ers cornerback Jimmy Johnson. Johnson was born in Dallas and played both ways at UCLA as a running back in the corner. He also was an All-American and National Champion track and field. Was taken sixth overall in the 1961 draft by the 49ers. Played his 15-year career in San Francisco. Five-time Pro Bowler, eight-time All-Pro. His number 37 is retired by the 49ers and is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Jimmy Johnson turns 85 today. Let's go Bruins. I didn't give you a chance there. Let That's me, fine. Let me, I, I was I, only half paying attention anyway. I, well, we'll get we'll get going here in these last two. Dan Marinaro, uh, Marinaro excuse me, turned 74, former NFL running back and actor. Marinaro grew up in New Jersey and played college football at Cornell. While, go, oh, oh gosh, I didn't do it. Let's go Big Red. While at Cornell. Marinaro, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, three-time All-American, set several NCAA records in 1971, became the first player to rush for 4,000 yards in a career and led the NCAA in rushing. He finished second in Heisman voting to Auburn's Pat Sullivan wow. and won the Maxwell Award in 1972. He was drafted in the second round by the Minnesota Vikings, played five seasons in the NFL. After football, he became an actor, last appearing in a film as recently as 2019. I okay. wonder what film that was. No idea. Dan, I'm going to look up the IMDb, IMDb page, though. Dan Marinaro turns 74 today. And John Taylor turns 61, former 49ers wide receiver. Taylor was born in Maryland and walked on at Delaware State. Go Hornets. He caught 42 touchdowns over his college career. MEAC conference record. Was MEAC player of the year in 1985. Was drafted in the third round of the 1985 draft by the 49ers. And played his entire eight-year career in San Francisco. Was a two-time Pro Bowler and an All-Pro. Three-time Super Bowl champion John Taylor turns 61 today. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Good list right there. A list in which I struggled to pronounce because of reasons. (laughs) Uh, But uh, let's move on now. A little bit later we will have, uh, again, some Final Four discussion as that gets going uh, tomorrow night, uh, just three more college basketball games in the season, uh, uh, which is sad. That's very sad. Uh, very sad indeed. Uh, and then we will be on just to pretty much uh, the batted ball sports, the spring sports. Maybe get a club in your hand, play a little golf. USFL's coming. Uh, USFL is coming. Uh, XFL is here. Uh, I remember. Woo! I remember mentioning it in week one or week two, <laughs> and I don't know the last time I mentioned it. So, I don't There's know if like, that bodes well. Have you guys watched any XFL? No. There's like four games left, apparently. I've sure. watched. I've watched a little bit. Okay. If I've stumbled across it, I've watched a little bit. I've Brandon watched. Silvers, former Troy quarterback, former Gulf Shorts quarterback, 251 quarterback for the, I believe, the Seattle Sea Dragons. Is what I, um, watched a little bit of him? I have. Let me, what are your this. thoughts on the XFL? I want to make sure he's with, with, oh, he's with the Houston Roughnecks. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I like the concept of the XFL. Uh, I think it's Jordan Ta'amu is with the, the Seattle um, he's a He's a triple-A of football <laughs> vet as he has uh, been. Ben DiNucci's with the Sea Dragons. Has he's ben, been able uh, to. Um, Ta'amu's with the D.C. Defenders. Try to car out, carve out his career with a bunch of different uh, of the triple-A leagues. Just, just shy of the NFL. Didn't so we interview Jordan Tommy on this program? We did. He was at, was at Media Days. At Media Days, yeah. So what you've seen from it, is it is it worth watching? Am I missing something? Eh, I mean, if you you get your fill, like if you you love you love the NFL, you love college football. 
that's that's enough. I mean, if you're just like, I need football. I can't watch anything else but football. And you you like you that that's when you watch it. It's a good filler programming if there's just nothing else that you're interested on. Like if there's your if your choices are the XFL and like I don't know the the gosh I'm trying to think of all the let bad, me give you a scenario the the Thunder and the Magic game or the <laughs> XFL you may could flip over to the XFL. Let me give you both a scenario. Would you rather watch an XFL slash a USFL game live? Or like would you in re- person? No, okay. no, just just, just on live TV. on television. Okay. Yeah. Or would you rather watch a replay of a classic college football game not involving your team? What is more watchable, like a oh, like like a Texas man. USC oh. type of national championship game? Gosh. I'd probably watch the XFL. Okay, I'm not I'm not really one to really rewatch things. I'm just trying to help the TV networks. Yeah, yeah we can yeah. save time and money. I'd. I'd if everyone chooses the reruns, I'd watch. I'd watch the XFL. Okay, good. You see, I do both. Okay, but <laughs> I have. I have watched. I, I've watched the XFL a little bit, and then usually a couple times a week, I'll go back and look watch a, an old football game on. I'll find it on like YouTube or something, never, and I will watch a little bit of it. I've never been one to appreciate reruns of a game. It's hard to know what happens. Some people are able to like turn all their their yeah. notifications off. If they know they're going to miss part of the game or all the game, and then get home, record it, have it on DVR, whatever, and and then watch it from there and just right. unplug from the world. And even that to me is difficult, and I have done it before. But even that is difficult because you just feel you start to doubt yourself. Like why no one said anything? Like why is a friend not text me? If it's a if it's a game I care about, right? Odds are one of the group Somebody. messages yeah. is going to say something. So is, does that mean it's blowout? Does that mean they did remember not to talk about it? I, I just I start to overthink yeah. things. And so it's very hard for me to end up just plugging it all off and, uh, and, and, and being able to get there. So I used to try to do that with, like, U.S. soccer, but I just I, – I, there's just too, much, too many ways to consume how yeah. the result happens. And so along those same lines, if I'm even having trouble watching something I know that's happened a few hours ago, I just don't know the result of. When I know the result of it, I, I just I can I do highlights of games that, that mean something to one of the teams right. I root for. I do that all the time, but I can't I even even if it's a national championship, like I can't I can't watch the whole three hours. Yeah. I don't know why. Now, I will say so I was not able to watch the second half of the Auburn Iowa basketball game um, because I was I was with my girlfriend celebrating anniversary doing all that stuff. So I wasn't able to watch it. Obviously knew the result, but in in just being able so that I would be able to kind of talk about it and talk about how you know just when we break down the game right. and do things like that for the sake of that, I rewatched I watched the second half of of, of that game um, the next day. That morning, um, that Friday morning, I, I rewatched, uh, watched that second half, so I can do something like that, and just so that I can know exactly how yeah. everything played out, how just so the so for the sake of that, I'll do that. I can do that definitely. Like if if I were to miss an Auburn game, like football, basketball, a Falcons game, anything like that, I'll rewatch it definitely, hundred um, percent to to understand how things played out if there was a missed call if just anything that transpired throughout the game i want to be able to know and understand that so 
I can definitely do that for sure. Yeah, that's fair. Go ahead, Brooks. I, I was going to say, if you if you told me I could only do either one, watch a live XFL or USL football game or watch a replay, I'm going to watch the live sport. Okay. Yeah. Because I think back to when we had no live sports a few years ago in 2020, uh-huh. and all we had was replays. Oh, my goodness. Replays I remember there was there was one point where people I came up. I didn't watch sports for a little bit, actually, because <laughs> of that. There, there was a replay. There was an idea thrown out that all the leagues needed to have secret games and record them. <laughs> and not let anybody know with the results. And then if this, something like that ever happened again, hey, we've got these games that you've never seen before and no one's ever seen before. Oh, man. They're just very intense pickup games because obviously they can't count for yeah. towards the championship or anything. Yeah, because you would know. Yeah, exactly. So you just – yeah, when, when some irritable players that felt cheated after a basketball game are, are right. hot and bothered and say, well, run it back. <laughs> just like like you were on the schoolyard, you lost eleven to nine. Tough game. You didn't like a call. Someone cheesed you with a with a BS push off that you don't ever call. Yeah, and then you're just like, run it back. Let's do it right now. That's, that that could have happened professionally. They usher everyone out they of the played, arena. Wait, why are the refs kind of still hanging around? They played this and, game four times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 did not get home till four a.m. <laughs> Missed a flight. Uh, that that would have been very good. Uh, I was just curious because, again, yeah. I, I do remember week one or week two checking like the TV ratings or, or checking the attendances, and I know St. Louis's crowd is kind of fired up, and, and they 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 are not surprising. They are cranky, took the Rams from them, and moved yeah. them back to L.A. So I get that. St. Louis felt slighted, and St. Louis is a good, very good sports city. Uh, but but by and large, you know, I, I, I go back to the games in Birmingham and the USFL. Was Birmingham well-attended? Sure. Uh, was everyone right. else uh, when anyone else played? No, absolutely not. Right. You know they they filled that they got halfway to two thirds for the Birmingham games, right. and then for everyone else they got a hundred people, yeah. three hundred people. I mean, you can count the hundreds. It looked like a Marlins game. Yeah. Uh, and, and so DC defenders seem to have a pretty solid turnout. From okay. What I've seen just pictures on Twitter and different things like that. It seems like the DC defenders are pretty popular. Good. And so I, I'm not trying to make it sound like I, I <laughs> want these leagues to not exist. I, yeah. I do want them to exist, even though I'm not interested in them. I'm not rooting for this this operation to fail. Yeah. I just have a lot of reservations. And look, I, I care about a lot of things. Yeah. I, I shield the I shield the listener from a lot of things. Do, do you want my full opinion on the state of NASCAR right now? I could tell you yes. every driver how oh, I feel. Goodness, I think everyone would want to hit me if I did that. If I went through <laughs> I all thirty eight drivers to. and gave you an opinion on how they're running this year, you would all hate me. <laughs> and, and so there's a lot of things I care about, but it is going to be tough for me to ever let some of the space be occupied. By another fo- another football, yeah, it's tough. it's just going to be difficult. Yeah, it, even though it does not say anything about how much I love the sport because I love the NFL guys. I drive seven hours to go to NFL games. I think I like football, and I, I talk- also think you like football. <laughs> and I and I love Auburn, UAB, Carolina football. Watch it all the time. Um, watch everyone else's football. I am a psycho sometimes and do watch Oregon State versus Utah, even though I'd make fun of Brooks for doing that at midnight. <laughs> I do it sometimes too. Yeah, Oregon I, State, Utah's too mainstream. you got to get on that Cal-Arizona Oregon State-Wazoo. Wa- oh, you got to get on that Cal-Arizona track. 
Oh man! Yeah, no. That's see, that's that rough. Sounds awful. That's that's that rough. Sounds at times. real. I'm not gonna rough. lie. You got to get on that San Diego State, um, New Mexico State oh, bandwagon. Goodness, coming to a Pac-12 near you. That's if they, right. If they lose Oregon and Washington, Sheesh. but so again, I I want these leagues to succeed, but also at the same time, it's not enough to move my needle to to watching them. And I feel bad that we mentioned them once seven weeks ago, and that's been it. But at the same time. I think that's it for it's a lot of like, people. Yeah, it's not like there's much of a following around here, right? I yeah. mean, they didn't put a team in Birmingham, um, yeah. I, as far as I know. No, they're just still yeah. the USFL so, team. So the USFL team, that kind of I'm, – I'm sure when the USFL picks up, maybe the Birmingham Stallions might have a little bit of something, you know, just traction-wise, just because they're in the state of Alabama. But other than that, there there's, what, seven – Seven teams, eight teams, yeah, small leagues. Yeah, yeah, so for the XFL, like and, half of them are in Texas. Yeah, too. and so a lot of them are in Texas, and then they all like practice or something in one facility, and then they go somewhere else to play the games. So it's not really even like they're in the city that all that often that they're representing. I think I think they do all practice in Texas. Or, or it's either Texas or Vegas or something like that. I don't 100% know. And then they all go somewhere else completely different, and, and that's, like, how they, they I, do it. I should ask people that live in Texas because, yeah, our signal reaches there. But <laughs> if, if I could reach the people of Texas, I would want to know my hypothetical to them would be, do you care more about your XFL slash USFL team, or would you rather watch the big high, local high school? Oh my gosh. Because, right. because you know how big right, it is though. for them. High school Texas, or yeah, high school football in Texas. You're right. I mean, just I mean, we've seen some of the pictures of the state, like Allen, where where Kyler Murray went to went to high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like a it's like a like a college football game almost. So I I mean, it's it's definitely high stakes and and pretty ridiculous. So I I think it could definitely have some comparison. And look, once we get um, once we get to the summer, we'll we'll do all the list things. We'll do hypothetical things. We'll rank all this out. But right now, I'm just enjoying talking something a little bit more in, uh, of not of interest, but about our own personal interest. Yeah. Because um, with the waning moments here of the basketball season, with the waning uh, days of spring ball, of which there's been some news, but nothing earth shattering. Right. You know, again, we would certainly cover it and we will cover the spring game. But, uh, you know, sometimes we gotta, we gotta look at some of this other stuff, you know, and, and, uh, I, I don't think that it's going to be too long before we have good evidence on if these other leagues will work because, uh, you know, there's a lot of money having to be invested to start up something big like the XFL, you know, this, that thing has already failed before. And but it failed because of COVID, though, right? Did well. No, I'm referencing the the, oh, the older, very, the older, older, older. Okay, which, okay. granted, was was a, a wackier, wonkier attempt at football. Right. It was not so maybe this is as, attempt, as earnest. This what was the other three, one that then. Spurrier was a coach in not too long ago? Uh, oh, man. Well, didn't team, the USFL they, exist before? They had a te- they, it did. Or they the had UFL a team in Atlanta, a team in Tampa. AAF, that was it. Yeah, uh, the, the AAF. Yeah. Uh huh. So. It is. Oh, that's arena. Football. But I, but I'm and I'm and I'm thinking even to. I mean, back to the '90s and stuff like that. They they had goes at it, so or had a couple goes at it. But again, they. My my skepticism is just why I'm trying to. Is there more interest this time around? Did football grow even that much more in the last decade or two? 
Uh, is the TV deal? Is the TV money a lot better? Okay, maybe it is. Yeah. But again, they have tried these leagues in other forms and fashion, and, and I'm just trying to get one of them to stick. I definitely think The Rock invest. He invested a lot of his money into it. I mean, him being the CEO, I think he, you know, I think he just kind of had a personal feeling about it in, in the sense of he just wanted to put his all into it. And I, I think getting the ESPN deal was pretty, pretty big. Um, getting it on ESPN. I mean, maybe you might not watch it, but ESPN, I mean, worldwide leader in sports. So, you know, that's a, I think that's a pretty big deal. And then you get and legitimize and get some good jerseys, get all this. St- I mean, I mean, they're trying. They're trying real hard. I, I don't know if it'll work out. I, I don't know how successful it can be and how sustainable it can be. I think that's the really the thing that a lot of people wonder is, is it sustainable? Um, it can be successful one, two seasons, but in that third season, you know, is it going to be profitable? Because at some point you got to be making money, right? right? So I, I just I, – I think that is where a lot of people have question marks because that's where the – all these other leagues that we've tried and you know done and it's been just that they have not lasted long they just haven't been successful enough whether it be revenue wise or just talent wise and nobody just cares we're gonna go to our next commercial break of the show uh enjoy i always enjoyed talking the business of sports too uh there was a there's something in minor league baseball that's worth mentioning uh at some point today or throughout the year uh kind of along those lines because Look, you've had these minor league teams in baseball for a long time, so they they still operate. Right, they're still funded. Absolutely. Um, so uh, it is interesting to see if the quote unquote minor leagues of football, or at least the the secondary leagues of football, uh, can keep afloat here. Again, let's take our next commercial break. More sports call coming up after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app, or if you listen after the fact, the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Shout out to Bart Simpson, who just tried to call into the Auburn Bank phone line. Bart Simpson? Yeah. Wow. Hope hope he's still listening out there. Was that on the normal phone line or the celebrity phone line? Uh, VIP line, I think. Wow. Uh, certainly, (laughs) Certainly would hope so, though. Hope he's having a great day today. Uh, just a few minutes left here in the first hour of the program. Again, we get off air about 5.30 today. J.J. Jackson and Britt Bowen will be on the call of Auburn softball as Auburn takes on the Ole Miss Rebels from J.B. Moore Field. First pitch right after 6 o'clock. Let's talk a little Auburn softball before we go to the end of our break. Auburn softball with a very important sweep of the Missouri Tigers this past weekend as Auburn improved to 4-2 and two in conference play. There's a hodgepodge of teams in the middle of the league, and of course we're only six to nine games in depending on who you are right now. But Tennessee and Georgia are one-loss teams at 8-1 and 7-1, and and but then Auburn is tied for third at the moment with Kentucky at 4-2. and two. 
Mississippi State three and two, and a lot of teams on one game side of five hundred. Arkansas five and four, Florida three and three, LSU and A and M four and five. Alabama out to a little bit of a slow start, just two and four. No one is winless in the league, either six or nine games in. And of course, you play a few less uh, softball games in conference play. You play twenty four in SEC play as opposed to the thirty that you play uh, with the baseball team so Auburn off to a decent start Ole Miss down at one and five in the league so this is another very important opportunity for the Tigers to tank a home series against an opponent that would be on the lesser side of things in the SEC and guys again that was such an important rebound against Missouri after Auburn had I mean no bones about it a very disappointing time in, in Oklahoma City losing four out of five uh, losing both games to Oklahoma, as expected with the Sooners, but losing two very close games to Northwestern as well was not uh, on the docket for the Tigers, but a big turnaround for Auburn uh, this past weekend against Missouri. Yeah, and it, it's it's important to get get your SEC wins in against these. Uh, you know, I don't I'm not going to say I they are the lesser of the South Asian Conference. Still very good softball teams, but when you get into you know the the meat of the schedule. Uh, as you keep going through conference play, you've got a road trip coming up later in the, uh, I believe, late next month. You've got to go up to um, Tuscaloosa, visit Alabama. They're always a team that you have to, you know, you're, that's going to contend for a national title. You got Florida next weekend, a trip down to Gainesville for the Tigers coming up here in next week. You got LSU on your schedule. You've got uh, Mississippi State, South Carolina left on your schedule. So when you get teams that can't that you you know you can take one or two games from, uh, you know, it you gotta get those because you, you can't be giving up uh, you know, wins here and there to to SEC teams that you know you can beat when you've got teams like I said, like LSU and Florida and Alabama on your schedule. Cause those teams are gonna push you and you may not get one, no matter if you're at home or on the road. You may not get one from that that caliber of teams. And when it comes to that SEC tournament, when you get to May, you need the best possible seeding. Uh, you've seen Auburn the softball bounced the last couple years, and you know some of the earlier rounds because of their seeding uh, spots, and they've been placed up against some better teams. And then when it comes to the uh, the NCAA tournament, if you want a chance to host, uh, I don't think the softball team's in a current position to host. I think they're you know like like twenty something in the country, twenty yeah, like third. And so yeah. you're you're not in a position to host just yet, but a few more wins, conference wins, you you know you grab one or two from a, a Florida, and you grab one from an Alabama down the road, you could get yourself into a hosting spot, and that's where you want to be. We've seen, like I've said with the SEC tournament, Auburn's been bouncing in the early rounds the last few years because of seeding. Last couple years, Auburn's been, had to go somewhere else for a regional. You had right. to go to Tallahassee two years ago, and you got bounced in that one by UCF. You had to go to Clemson last year, and you got bounced by Louisiana Lafayette. And you want to be able to play those games in front of your home crowd. We saw what it did to Auburn baseball last year, going getting to host Very a regional. True. First game up was at Southeast Louisiana, a team that Auburn lost the series to this year. They went out and they put up, what, 20-something on them yeah. uh, or close to it last year. And then they there was just never a, back, a baseball game at the at the regional level that you were concerned about for this Auburn team. And so, if you're soft, if you're Auburn softball, you've done a good job to start the year. You took two out of three from Georgia. You swept Missouri. You've got a chance to come into this weekend and take two out of three from from Ole Miss. You got to take advantage of these opportunities. Absolutely, and of course, uh, Auburn had an opportunity to win one more in that Georgia series. And here Georgia sits. 
as one of the two one-loss teams in the league at 7-1 and one thus far. That's out of time for hour number one. When we come back in hour number two, we'll look at all the baseballs. They get set for a series at Florida, which should prove to be a tough one. But we'll see if the Tigers can find a way to, to make some grounds in that series. And then also a look at the final four in Houston coming up on Saturday. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, and the Miami Hurricanes versus the Yukon Huskies. We'll talk about that and much more coming up in hour number two. Stay tuned. More Sports Call after this. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two is Sports Call, starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger communications app my name is ryan the boy and i've got brooks childress and cam barry with me here this afternoon uh we have to talk about serious sports but at the same time uh food is always near and dear to my heart and true. Uh, lost a lost a restaurant a couple weeks ago in the auburn area apparently mason jar is no longer with us did not know that uh did not go there frequently uh, but still that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. That uh, more, more. I, I don't like places closing, Cam. I don't. That's fair. No, I get it. For sure. It, I feel we it. We were just talking about leagues that I don't really care for, but at the same time, I don't <laughs> want them just to not exist. <laughs> you know, other people really love the place. So, That's fair. That's fine. Uh, we'll start campaigning again for either a Milo's or a Cane's. Cane's, yep. Or both. Uh, there's room for both. Uh, this place Cane's. is growing every day. Look, if... if <laughs> Enough places they just bulldoze now for apartments. Exactly. They can bull- in the process of bulldozing, they can create enough room for a fast food restaurant. Uh, we already have a lot of them. There could be a couple more. Uh, but let's let's not go all the way off the tracks. We did have a wacky Wednesday for a reason. That's our time to go off the tracks. And I will uh, jump off a ledge about food. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so let's uh, let's get back to it. Uh, as promised, we've got to talk a little bit about the final four. Uh, as we start to say goodbye to the college basketball season. And what a unique Final Four Mm. uh, we have in store this weekend. 
Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. There's not a sport that it makes sense for those two to be competing in the final four four one against each other, but that is what is happening. And then the nightcap, Miami and UConn. Uh, this is we're going to go game by game here, but just total thoughts. This is a 180 from last year when we had Carolina, Kansas, yeah. and Duke all involved uh, in the final four. I forgot who played uh, Kansas in the in the uh, other game, but three big blue bloods there. Was it Gonzaga? Uh, yes. Did Timmy make it? it? Was I think it might have been Gonzaga. Off the top of my head, don't remember. But I don't remember either. Um, you had those three of the top five programs. No, it was uh, Villanova. Villanova. Ah, so Jay Wright's last year. Yeah. So still yeah. huge program in Villanova, and now you have UConn, who is a big program. That they're For probably sure. in the Villanova sphere Range. of programs. Yeah. You have Miami, who first uh, time just ever not known to be a, a big basketball school. I mean, Laranega is a good coach. He's got <coughs> good teams, but uh, they've not achieved this sort of success. And then the other game, I mean, I just <laughs> uh, pick any of your favorite runs by lower teams uh, over the course of time. This has BCU, three of them. <laughs> Loyola, Chicago, uh, Butler. Any of those would fall under these categories. Now. San Diego State is seeded five, but again, they pulled off the upset against the number one overall seed, Alabama. So that's why, again, would not have had them here whatsoever. And then Ford Atlantic did not have to play the one seed in their region nope. when Purdue inexplicably lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. And so here we are. We'll start with this Ford Atlantic San Diego State game. Uh, SDSU is favored by two and a half. Again, contrast of styles. A more defensive-minded team in San Diego State, a more offensive-minded team in Fort Atlantic. Guys, sure. what do you think about this matchup? Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I I am really getting to the point where I just believe that defense will really just win you games. And, and I did not believe in San Diego State's ability to really hamper offenses, but they did it against. They did it against Alabama. They did it against Creighton, two very good offensive teams, um, and another offensive team with probably not as much prowess as either of the teams that they faced previously in FAU. No offense to Florida Atlantic. They're they're on a, a crazy run. They they won 35 games, which leads the NCAA. Uh, so they, they know how to get it done. It's just this, this Aztecs defense is so stifling that it just seems like it just disrupts entire offenses for the entirety of the game. And it, it, it has kept them in games. It gives them the opportunity to win games, and they've been opportunistic. I do think it will be a good game, um, but I think ultimately it'll be a low-scoring game, and San Diego State will be able to pull pull it out. And now, don't get me wrong, I – my heart says FAU just because you know uh, KT Harrell. You know I, I like I like seeing his team go go this far and and him getting a little bit of spotlight. Um, saw him you know in a video talking about Auburn um, earlier and um, things like that are really cool. It, and so I'm pulling for him, but I think in in my analytic mind that San Diego State's defense is so good that that's going to be the thing that that wins them the game. I'm on the same track. I think that San Diego State's defense is is one of the better ones you've seen this year in, in college I mean, basketball. My goodness, um, they they just get out there and they kind of they, they really suffocate you. It, it's it's a, it's a 
aggressive style of defense. Um, I think if you are, if you're San Diego State, you've got to stop uh, Janelle Davis for Florida Atlantic. He's averaging 13.9 points per game, uh, the sophomore guard for Florida Atlantic. It's, they're a great story, but they it are. feels like, and it, you know, it has been all the great stories. If you know they make it to the final four, their run ends at the final four. Mainly, usually because they run into like a one seed or someone. This is kind of different. You're running into a five seed, but uh, a San Diego State team that that is uh, it's gotten here. They beat uh, the number one overall team, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, it, it's it's going to be a fun matchup. It you know the if you're out there caring about oh it's not going to get ratings, you're a TV executive, or you just don't you know don't have anything better to complain about. This yeah. is a great great college basketball matchup, um, and yeah, I, I I would say San Diego State probably gets the win. I do like that two and a half line, so I'd I'd say probably wins yeah, by by a I think three it's point. Solid. Uh, but I I do agree with you, Kim. I think it's a very low scoring basketball game. It's just so fascinating to me that San Diego State's the team here. Uh, like I it, in a way, I am more surprised that. They are here than Florida Atlantic is here, um, with what with what the teams ultimately played. Yeah, uh, I talked about you know Florida Atlantic got to uh, avoid Purdue. That was a huge part. Of it. They played a very 50-50 game to start out with, with against Memphis. Again, Memphis in a sense handed them the opportunity yeah, to win the game with the sure. turnover late. And so remember, Florida Atlantic would have even got out of the first round if maybe Memphis just holds on the ball, gets fouled, makes free throws. Yep. Uh, that's March for you. Then they play for uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. They play Tennessee, who I want to come back to in just a moment. And then they beat a Kansas State team who is very good. Uh, Marquise Noel uh, will have sure. some thoughts on him in a few minutes. Uh, no spoiler alert exactly what I'm talking about there, but it's Friday. We've not done a segment we do each and every week. That's your hint. <laughs> and so – you know, we or I, I feel that Ford Atlantic has uh, lived up to having to get both breaks, but also have to earn their way here. However, San Diego State, what they've done on the tail end of this now, the first two, you know, they, they survived a 5 12 matchup, which a lot of people picked. I, I was guilty of that. I picked Charleston as well. Uh, they then got the benefit from the fact that Furman. Uh, had gone through as a 13, uh, beating Virginia in that wild game. So they they thumped Furman pretty good, and then it got it so first first weekend. I you know didn't prove have to prove much. You win your games. Look, there's obviously inherent value in that. You're in the NCAA tournament. Anyone can do anything, as as we have now seen time and time again. But you get to last weekend, and that's where they made hay that made them for real, uh, beating Alabama and beating Creighton. As Cam, you mentioned. Two excellent offensive teams, and you guys heard me spiel on and on about Creighton. Uh, I had picked them to lose to Alabama in the Elite Eight, so I picked them to beat Baylor. I picked them in, in a theoretical matchup against Arizona. I really liked Creighton a lot right. uh, because of those five starters and, and because of the offensive capabilities of really all those five starters. But uh, but San Diego State was able to hold them to 56 points. That was a true slugfest Seriously. Game. What stood out to me most, though, again, it goes back to the Alabama game. Alabama had this horrific first half. I think they only scored 23 points in the first half, something like that. They then warmed up to having a 40-point half. That's what good offenses do. I've always measured, is it a good offensive half if you score 40 points? Because if you score 40 points twice, you've scored 80, and that will always put you top 10, top 20 
in the nation. Uh, if you score so me, 50 and a half, you explode. Well, if you score 50 and a half, you're right. feeling great. You right. should be up double digits. should be up double digits. Um, so 40's always been the bench, benchmark to me of, of having a good half. Alabama had a good second half offensively, but what stood out is that San Diego State matched them in the second half. They also <coughs> had a 40-point second half. That's the difference with them. Yeah. in these good defensive teams that lose incredibly early in the tournament and good defensive teams that are able to find a way through the tournament. Virginia and Tennessee are very much like San Diego State. And Tennessee found a way to beat one of the hottest teams in the country based upon their defense because Olivier Nkamu, who's now in the transfer portal, by the way, had an all-world offensive game. I did not know that. And Kamu is in the transfer portal now. Yep. Uh, had 27, 28 points against Duke. All-world offensive game. So, sure, their defense set them up for the opportunity, but they had something offensively that put them over the top. Well, then what happened in their very next game? They did not have anything offensive. They still play great defense. Fort Atlanta scored 62. But what happened was Nkamu had four instead yeah. of 28. And Vescovy did not get going. And no one for Tennessee broke out. And so the great defense was there, but there was not enough offense. Again, Virginia Furman game. The defense was there, but one bad offensive mistake led to the one bucket that Furman needed. The margins are so slim for these defensive teams, yet San Diego State has maneuvered that because they've gotten the timely offense. Controversial or not, they had the ball, tie game, got fouled. Right. Made the free throw beat Creighton. Again, 40-point half in the second half when Alabama's offense woke up, San Diego State's offense woke up. And so that's why I'm so surprised that San Diego State, or that's how San Diego State has been able to get to where they are, but also why I'm sort of surprised that it's them. Right. Because even if you wanted to lump another team in that's kind of like Virginia, Tennessee, San Diego State, Houston. Right. Houston was the best version of that this regular season. One seed that played hellaciously good defense, but was a little better offensively than some of these other teams because they had really good guard play. And, of course, they they ran into the other thing that happens with a great defense team. They ran into a team that just couldn't miss. Straight period. buzzsaw. You know, yeah. Miami yeah. hit a million threes in that game, and I don't want to get too much in Miami, but to me that's always why i've thought that defensive teams have more paths to lose in the tournament because their offense usually handicaps them in a right. lot of these games or another team just gets red hot so when i look at florida atlantic and san diego state i ask myself what are the factors that would either prevent san diego state from finding enough offense or how likely is it that florida atlantic can ignore San Diego State's good defense and score 70 to 75 points anyway. And so I look at Florida Atlantic, they numbers-wise are pretty good offensively, but in the tournament, they've had two good offensive outputs and two not so good. And they only scored 62 against Tennessee, Right. only scored 66 against Memphis, and then against Fairleigh Dickinson, 78. Kansas State, who is a heavy offensive team, not a great defense team, 79. 79. So I worry about that, that they would find their what get be able to get into this, the 70-point range, high 60s, low 70s. However, they have beaten one of these style teams. If you want to look in Florida Atlantic's column, if you want to argue for them, they have beaten a team that functions a lot like San Diego State in the Tennessee Volunteers. 
they were able to prevent Tennessee from having any breakout offensive player, and yet they were able to score enough. They got a little run. It was like, uh, what was it, midway through the second half in that game, I believe, that, that they um, hit a couple threes. It was Forrest, Trent Forrest, or I forgot yeah, his first name, I, I, but hit two straight threes, and, yeah. and that was a run. And they got the lead, and they never looked back. So that's my argument for Florida Atlantic. I, I now wrap up with this with, with this game, and you guys feel free to add any final thoughts uh, to this matchup. I think San Diego State and Florida Atlantic are just as quality of a team. They are on the same the level. The same. I agree. Uh, I, even though the, the seed line suggests San Diego State's a five and Florida Atlantic's a nine, I think Florida Atlantic has proven, and via their conference, Conference USA has proven, that that league and this team was a little undervalued. That their hang. their record was more impressive than we gave it credit for. Now, obviously, you can't grade everything all about postseason tournaments. But when you look at Conference USA's record, that they've only lost two games in the in the entire postseason, and one of them was to each other last night in the NIT championship game, uh, North Texas beating UAB. Uh-huh. They've got the CBI. They've got the NIT. They've got a team in the Final Four. At some point. We, and again, I understand why it happened at the time, but at some point we should recognize the fact that actually Conference USA was pretty good this year. So Florida Atlantic was, is on the same level as San Diego State. So it's a matter of do you trust San Diego State to come up with the either clutch buckets or maybe a little bit more of a proficient approach in one of the halves? Or do you trust Florida Atlantic to prevent a proficient half from San Diego State and then make enough threes? Florida Atlantic shoots a lot of threes. I'm having a lot of trouble deciding what's going to happen in this game because, in general, you guys have heard me. I do not really trust these defensive-minded teams. Right. But at the same time, if San Diego State can beat Alabama, right. who I believed was the best team coming into the tournament, well, obviously, San Diego State, whatever their formula is, whether I thought it was the type of formula that wins or not, whatever their formula is, is working for them. Yeah. And that's what's so tough about the Final Four. You've won four games to get here. So, you know, yeah, everyone, everyone's found a pathway to success sure. that has worked multiple times. At yeah, this point. definitely. Um, I'll say what I'll say about San Diego State, and this is really my my last point and why I think I'm picking them is they use their defense, obviously, to create offense. Right. They had a lot of transition buckets against against Alabama and Alabama had none. You know, the the, the transition points were differential was very big. Uh, Nate Oates even highlighted that, highlighted that in his post-game press conference, talking about that. So I think that San Diego State was opportunistically offensive, if that, if that makes sense. They they just kind of they they ate off of the mistakes that that both Creighton and and Alabama were able to were were making and used their tough defense, created transition buckets, and that's kind of what helped them. I think it wasn't you know. They I, obviously, I think we both can agree that they're not necessarily a strong offensive team. It's just that they were opportunistic, and when they scored, like when it was a drought, I mean, the other team was also in a drought. So it's not like, but then they were able to just kind of keep up with the scoring. Still, um, when when the other team would score, when Alabama would score, when when Creighton, excuse me, would score, and it allowed them to for in the in the case of of the Creighton game having the last um having the ball in, in their possession in the last few uh seconds drawing the foul 
and and winning based off free throws Alabama they just ran away with it kind of towards the end and just um, were able to keep pace with Alabama um, in in terms of that scoring second half like you said um, you know Alabama scored 41 in the second half and I think um, 43 yeah and and it was 28 23 yeah and it was 28-23 so you're able to just to keep up and keep pace and and um if, if I think that San Diego State just having faced those two teams um I don't think it gets much tougher than that um right. so I think that's why I kind of give them an edge my basketball brain says San Diego State but my stubbornness <laughs> on on stylistic right, play right. still tells me to pick Florida Atlantic. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to <clears throat> stick to my guns on what I've believed. Right. But again, I'm not here preaching that this is some very confident pick. So, it, you're, so, it, uh, so I'm picking FAU. So you're blocking but, the defense wins championships. Uh, I, I, take. Yeah, again, and I, I would that I would go on a longer, more extensive argument right. that you know people get caught up in what wins championships. You need all of it. True. And when someone says, "Well, defense wins championships," no, offense wins championships. You've also got to recognize that we're talking about an equation here. For sure. I'm not trying to be math nerd. I, math was good to a point for me, and then I <laughs> ran out of capacity. But it's all an equation on how much adds up to the championship. You got to put a little luck in there. You got to put both sides of the ball in there. You, you've got to put in, if you're football, you got to put some special teams in there. Okay. And so you've got elements that all add up to 100%. What I su- suggest overall, and, and maybe even in each sport, it's a little different what the percentage is. But roughly, I'm an offensive wins championship guys now. I think I think 10 years ago, yeah. I still think it was def- defense, especially in football. But I think with the way the games have changed because we, the viewer, love offense For so sure. much. Well, I mean, we get on this show every single time and complain about Big Ten football. Yeah. I don't want to watch 10 to 6. What the hell was that? Right, right. The kicker came out five times and won in the game. Goodness <laughs> yeah, gracious. Yeah. You know, we, we argue, we complain about that sometimes. But we love the Pac-12. And, and, <laughs> right. and so... The Pac-12's more dysfunctional. And we love, right, it's we more love chaos the Big 12. The no Big 12's the, 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 the just we don't know what defense exists. But, you know, so my, my point is, is everyone, all the commissioners, everyone out there kind of knows that, and they've kind of skewed the game towards offense. Right, for sure. And, and so that's why I believe that out of a hundred percent equation, offense means fifty-five to sixty-five percent of it. Defense still makes up thirty, forty percent. I right. can't just go out there and let them have whatever layup or three they want, or in football let them run right past me or, or get pancaked off the line. But I still think that in the dying moments, it is a great offense that comes through more often than a great defense. So that's I will. Off of that philosophy, I will I will pick FAU. But again, with the with the reverence for what they have done thus far, and clearly winning some games that I did not think they would win. All right, we got to move on to the other game. That was a long preview. I'm uh, well. You know what? Let's take a break. We, we, we need fun. a break. Uh, we fun. will come back and we will preview the second of the final four games. This one will probably get a few more eyeballs than the first one. Miami and UConn. 
We'll come back after this timeout and preview the second of the final four matchups on Saturday night. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Friday. Ryan LaVoy, Camberry, and Brooks Childress with you here. Fun show so far. Only about an hour left or a little less. Again, Auburn softball coming up at 5 at 45 as they take on Ole Miss tonight. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member, FDIC, equal housing lender, Give us a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn Bank is our proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. And first up on the show, Keith from Auburn. Keith joins us. Keith, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing doing really good, guys. How about yourself? Doing, doing well, well, sir. Hey, I hadn't had a chance to listen uh, today uh, really a whole lot of, uh, with the show, but have y'all t- uh, touched base about the uh, women's semifinals tonight? Uh, we have uh, not right. yet. We were in the process of previewing the, the men's final four, but had not mentioned the oh, women's okay. final four yet. So, uh, you know, I did uh, – I had to go back and do some research. Uh, you know, I watch women's uh, basketball from time to time. To me, it's just more what I was raised on. Uh, it's just more fundamental um, than than the, the guys and, and all. But um, – <laughs> Y'all probably know more about this LSU basketball team than I do. Um, but, yeah, you know, I understand that uh, Karen Mulkey, or I think Coach Mulkey. Kim Mulkey. For a long, Kim, yeah, for a long time. Won, I don't know, two or three national championships. Played Louisiana Tech. Um, LSU, I think, dropped a money bag on her. Uh, got her to come to LSU last year. And I don't know what they did last year. But, you know, her second year, she's got them in the Final Four. Um which is, is pretty impressive. Uh, but then you look at, I think she's got, I heard her on a show, she was breaking down her team. That's what really got me interested in all this. Um, got four freshmen and, and, and five transfers, I think. It's, it's so she pretty much cleaned the house, I guess. Um, but, you know, this, uh, so I, as I listened to her talking about her top five, I, you know, obviously I'd heard of this Angel Reese. I mean, she was mentioned as a possible player of the year, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, and then uh, a girl by the name of Flaje Johnson, who is a, a, a true freshman. Yeah. She was the SEC rookie of the year, or her freshman of the year, I believe. Yes. Uh, so, I, so I dug a little deeper, you know, and I didn't have to go too far. Uh, uh, with these NIL deals, uh, I think Angel Reese, uh, her net worth is like a million dollars. Uh, I think she's got Jana Sport, and I don't know what else. Yeah, and then uh, are y'all familiar with this Flaje Johnson? Yeah, I've heard of her. 
Yeah, I mean, she's like this big time rapper. Yeah, she 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 raps. Yeah, she's a she's yeah. a really good rapper too. Yeah, she's like net worth of nine hundred and forty million. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't know. That are you much. sure about that? I don't. Yes, I am a hundred percent positive. Well, let me rephrase that. If you if you Google Flan J Johnson net worth, it says nine hundred and forty million dollars. Uh, she signed a deal with Rock Nation. Oh, she did. That's yes. A, yeah, and I think that might have some ties to Jay Z or yes. she signed a, a yeah. So yeah, she she's the. She, I don't know what she's doing playing basketball, but uh, I mean, obviously she loves the sport. But uh, I, I watched a segment on her. I mean, this girl is up at five a.m. in the gym shooting free throws and and and, and jump shots. And and she's worth over nine hundred million dollars. Yeah, she she loves uh, she loves the ball. She loves the game. Yeah. So hey, that you know they're my team. I'm, I'm gonna root for them. Hopefully they win it all. I, I'd like to see somebody other than South Carolina win it for a change in UConn. So um, you know, well, I think they play Virginia Tech. Yes. I'm not. I don't know a whole lot about. I think Tech might have been a two seed in the tournament. And uh, I heard that. People thought LSU was. Uh, I know they're a three seed, but they was probably uh, should have been. You know, at least a two seed. But oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, Virginia Tech's a one seed. Actually, they've 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 been oh, okay. They're, they've been they quietly good. Nobody's really talked about Virginia Tech, but they have really good guard play. They're a really good overall team. Um, it's yeah. just they they don't have like the big name like Iowa has Caitlin Clark and. Uh, LSU mm-hmm. has Kim Mulkey and South Carolina has Don Staley and and um, yeah. and Aaliyah Boston. So they don't they don't have all the big names, but they're a good basketball team. Yeah, and I think this Angel Race, you know, somebody called her the Bayou Barbie. Well, she's she, yeah, she bought the trademark. She oh, that, that's, that's not surprising. Make her millions too. Yep. <laughs> Just uh, shaking my head. At, 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 I mean, they're both twenty years old. Uh, I mean, but. Flaje may not even be twenty. She may be more like nineteen. She is. She's nineteen. Uh, but, you know, and you know her story. She was on maybe America's Got Talent. I, I watched that video um, a couple of times, and then uh, I mean she was on there a couple of times, and then her dad uh, undoubtedly was a, uh, a, a, a up and coming rapper when he got. I think he was killed when she when her mother was pregnant with her in two thousand and three. Uh, and his name was uh, Camouflage, was his rapper name. And I'm not a, I don't really enjoy rap music, but I listen to some of this girl's uh, music. Very clean. Talks about life. And it doesn't talk about guns and violence. And I mean, she doesn't rap about that. She raps right. about real stuff, you know, yeah. which I thought very talented. But yeah, I mean, $940 million, guys, at, at 19 years old. What do you, what, what do, you do? I mean,. <laughs> I don't. I She's wouldn't want to do it a million dollars. I'll just be honest with you. Right. So, <laughs> but anyway, guys, I, you know, I just wanted to. I'm, I'm going to watch the, the semifinals or the final four tonight, and you know, I think South Carolina may be in for a little bit of a battle. Uh, that Caitlin Clark or Kate, whatever her name is. I yeah, mean, you got it right. Four, uh, you know, so uh, you know, kudos to women's basketball. They've come a long way, uh, in you know from. From years past, uh, real quick, um, Final Four. Obviously, my my team went out in, in the Sweet Sixteen, and uh, they they were beat by a better team. Uh, 
on that given night, and I'll give San Diego State credit. Um, you know, they, they they controlled the the their inside game. I mean, they they did not give Alabama's guards an opportunity to penetrate score. Right. And and then you you couple that with the fact that they had a bad shooting night, uh, and it spelled doom for them. And you know that's what happens when you live and die off the three. And if your guards then, you know, normally they could get to the goal and score, but San Diego State uh, didn't let them do that. And Very that stifling defense. Ball game, you know. So I'm interested to see the final four. I, I, I really believe uh, I like UConn on on over Miami. And I like San Diego State over uh, FAU just for the fact that FAU, uh, you know, they're a little more similar to an Alabama-style basketball team, I, I would I would say. But I think I think San Diego State, to me, they remind me a little bit of UConn, you know, kind of with the, the bigs and then, you know, how they penetrate. And, you know, their guards aren't great, but, but they're pretty good. You know, they, they come – I call it a wheel pick. I don't know, I don't know what to – you know the, the correct term is where you know they wrote they roll and roll and roll and when you get that guard or, or forward in there uh, catching the ball about the free throw line or just inside the free throw line and getting that shot right there, um, you know I think they'll be hard to beat. But right, uh, I, I really believe it'd be a San Diego San Diego State and UConn. I'm pulling for San Diego State or FAU, whichever one wins that game. Uh, that's who I'd like to see win it all. But uh, gotcha. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Uh, I, I do appreciate you taking my phone call, and uh, we'll talk again real soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate the phone call, Keith. That is Keith from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, I've been distracted looking things up the last five or six minutes yeah. because I just I see the the website that says she's worth nine hundred thirty million. I still just don't believe that. I'm. I. There are other sites that say she's worth between one to five million. Guys, I don't know if you realize how much nine hundred thirty million is worth. LeBron to be. LeBron James is worth a billion. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's no way she's worth what <laughs> LeBron James is. No. It's just not possible. I looked up. I tried to look up some other rappers. Drake is worth two hundred fifty million. Right. Like I'm sorry. There's just I. I'm sure she's worth at least a few million because the other sites are saying between one to five million. But there is just no way you're worth one billion dollars like that. Yeah. I I mean, again, I I'm not going to harp on it, but there is a there is a internet there is a site that says she's worth that. Again, I would just and that is the top result. IdleNetworth.com. When you Google Google her name, yeah, that is the one that comes up. That is the top result on the on. But also thinking about this logically, though, guys, do you really believe that? Nah. I mean, I don't. Brooks, you believe? You think she's worth seven hundred million? Absolutely. (laughs) I don't know what. I don't think she's worth seven hundred million. I don't know what. Yeah, that's that's the thing that probably. And throws I, me I looked off at four bit. different yeah. sites that had Drake between two hundred and forty and two hundred sixty million. So, so this it, other side did not has her at like five million. So, yeah, yeah. Again, multiple. I just again I that's why you don't worth. That's still, why you don't believe everything you read. A lot of money. It is no either way. Five again, M's? again, uh, but I get <laughs> again. I digress. That uh, one M being worth a billion is a lot different I'm than set. being worth one to five. Million. Right. That's that's a. Um, <laughs> totally different stratosphere. So we so we only have a few minutes left here in the hour, so we will refrain from the complete breakdown of Miami and UConn just yet. Uh, it will be a 
a big-time matchup, and we will talk about it in just a moment. But instead, uh, we have yet, even though this is on Friday, we have yet to get to this week's Sports Call Player of the Week. It does tie in to the NCAA basketball tournament. So let's get to that real quick here. Sports Call's Player of the Week for this week. Player of the Week. The New York native returned to his hometown for the second round of the NCAA tournament and put on a show in Madison Square Garden. In the Sweet 16 matchup against Michigan State, Noel set an NCAA tournament record with 19 assists in addition to scoring 20 points, leading the Wildcats to a 98-93 victory for a spot in the Elite Eight. In the Elite Eight matchup against Florida Atlantic, Noel put on another dazzling performance despite the loss, putting up 30 points and 13 assists. For the two games, Noel was awarded Most Outstanding Player of the Eastern Regional. Marquise Noel is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Apologize for not having the first couple seconds on that, but uh, that was my fault. Marquise Noel, this week's player of the week uh, for what he did for Kansas State. Um, the Wildcats were not able, obviously, to get here to the Final Four, uh, but Noel was uh, sensational in both games. And really, I think for more than anything, uh, his the game they did win uh, was, was worth why he got player of the week, the NCAA tournament record right. of... 19 assists to go along with the 20 points he had that game. And then, of course, in their loss uh, to, to Florida Atlantic, he was who capped him in. I know he missed a few shots late, but 30 points and 12 assists. Uh, so average 25 and, what, 16 for the two games, which is insane at the college level. He, he only had throughout the entire tournament, I think, one game in single digits of assists. Um He's he's a great great point guard. I I saw that he announced that he was going to put his name in the NBA draft. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Uh, he's he's a little small, um, but he he can definitely see the court very well um, and and really distribute the. I mean, he could pass the ball um, very very well. And so if he, I mean, Isaiah Thomas can do it. So, you know, he did it. So I don't see why anybody can't try. You know what I'm saying? Anybody, at least give it a shot. And if you can prove that you have worth and bring some value to the team, I mean, the NBA will it'll give you a little shot sometimes. So um, I don't see why he can't do it. Um, he, he, he has the, the vision and the everything that a point guard really needs to be successful. So I, I, I wish him best of luck. Um, and I mean, the dude can just fill it up. I mean, he, he killed it at, at, um, at Kansas state. So, um, yeah, he, he, I had to, we had to just give it to him. <laughs> I mean, 19 assists, NCAA record. He just, and then 30 and you said 30 and 12, right? Yep. Yeah. 30. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hands down. I mean, over two games last weekend, the, the sweet 16 game, and the elite eight game, even though they lost one of those games, they still totaled 50 points and like you said 31 rebounds six or 31 assists six rebounds over the over the weekend that that's just doesn't happen uh, the, in, no. in the college game you're, you're averaging what 25 points a game and across those two and 15 point whatever the decimal is rebounds or assists per game it's just it's an insane number and he definitely uh definitely deserves a shout out definitely deserves the high honor sports call player <laughs> of the week out of time for hour number two. We have a lot to do in a short amount of time in hour number three. Again, we get off air just shy of 5.30 for Auburn softball, which starts at 5.45. So in hour number three, we'll preview that Miami and UConn Final Four game as well as talk a little bit about the Auburn and Florida baseball series coming up in Gainesville. Stay tuned. More sports call coming up after this timeout. 
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Our number three of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoy, and I've got Brooks Childress and Cam Barry with me here. We're going to go right <sighs> at it here. Ryan Lavoy is a talented individual, and I will not have any other uh, slander man. against him. Thank you, boys. Never. Um, never again, slander. more reasons to get the get a camera and get some audio in here <laughs> in between breaks. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, although some content oh, not suitable for children. But uh, oh, one long segment uh, here to conclude the show for today uh, as we've got to talk about the last – uh, game in the Final Four, the Miami Hurricanes and the Connecticut Huskies. We talked at good length in hour number two about the Florida Atlantic and San Diego State game. So, Cam, lead us off with this Miami-UConn game. It feels, and this could be just me, but it, and maybe this is a little bit disrespectful. Right. It feels like the winner of this game yeah. will win the national championship. It feels like this could end up being the de facto title game. Maybe not fair, but might be how it gets processed. I mean, I think... I think if UConn, I think UConn is obviously the favorite through the entirety of the Final Four. In my personal opinion, I just think that they have, they are so good. They found such a groove as a team. Uh, they went through their struggles and then they came back, and now they're now they're they're through it. Um, and you're just hanging out, Brixie. Oh, <laughs> and. Um, so I, I I think they're a very very talented team. I think they're the favorite. I, I don't see why. I I think if UConn gets through, they they will be the champion ultimately. With Miami, um, I think they can score a lot. They can score really well. There's really you know no question about that. Um, I think if they were to face say a San Diego State team, that they would have more difficulty than say UConn. Um, but I, I, I mean, I could, I could get along with what you're saying that they would be the de facto champion. I think it would be more, more UConn than it would be if Miami were to win. If that makes sense. Fair, that's fair. It, could you imagine having a Miami versus Florida Atlantic title game? Oh my gosh, the state of Florida might. Not you see, the state of Florida. It's just the the, the I, Miami, small, the Miami metro area. Miami and everybody would be partying down there in the yeah. South Beach, and was, then wherever Florida Atlantic is, they'll be partying there. Well, that's the weird thing to it, though. It's like it's it would only be the southern <laughs> quarter, right, right, of Florida. Uh, everyone up in Orlando, Jacksonville, Tampa, Panhandle. Wouldn't really give a damn because right. they'd be Florida State or Florida fans, and, and so it would be this very minute part of the populace. But yes, they would spontaneously combust uh, and Beth use Florida it to, to have a happy. 
Yeah, uh, it would use it as a big uh, party mechanism down on a, on a Monday. Why not? Um, but yeah, that that would be that would be very <laughs> odd to to see that title game. I mean, I will say when Auburn, you know, was in the Final Four, and I just knew that if I I think we can all agree if Auburn goes to the championship and faces Texas Tech, they beat the brakes off them. I I I think so. I, I feel think, like they win. I, I have no idea what the margin. I been, maybe but, not beat yeah. the, but they win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was fully prepared to party on a Monday. So yeah. I, well, I mean. Hundred percent. You know, you win a title, you, you absolutely should. Right, uh, Brooke, right. Brooks, what do you think between Miami and UConn? Um, I, I, you know, Miami. The the Jim Laranega. I heard it described yesterday on on some other radio show. Uh, the Jim Laranega freight train is coming down the line, and you yeah. don't want to be in the path of it. Interesting. But I think the only team that that left out of these three that I would want to be in, if I was going to stop it, was going to be UConn. I mean, they they played a really good team. This they're really good. Uh, basketball this year they played in a really tough conference in the big east uh, really you know anybody uh that that comes out of the big east has got a chance to make a deep run in the ncaa tournament they're always they're always so good Agreed. they 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 get worse records than they you know they would have if they played in other conferences because they kind of eat themselves as a conference they're, yeah they, 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 beat, they beat up on each other a lot this year too U- uconn has had some signature wins this year they're also a team that beat alabama earlier in the year uh in the non-conference at one of those uh uh one of those non-conference tournaments in the early part of the season um i think uconn gets this one done i i, yeah. I really like i like the miami store like i like i, I want jim laranega to you know have success he's like he's one of the older coaches they're like i want him to have some success but i think it run it's it's run its course he's gotten into the final four that's never happened before and i, I think that uconn comes into this one and they they come out with a with a victory i think yeah so i guess for me my national title on when it comes to monday night is san diego state versus uconn that's fair uh i uh, the only thing i'll also say just about miami they have really good guard play that's no question about that they i mean isaiah wong is the acc player of the year extremely talented uh they can they can fill it up but i think yukon is a really good overall team if you know they they have sonogo who can score really well but they also have guys that can shoot it i mean they they can really space you out and really really tear you apart from the three but uh you know once they give the ball to sonogo as well they can go inside and they can really dominate you that way so it, it, they have multiple ways that they can really beat you um and i th- and and they play pretty solid defense as well um i mean they it's from what i'm seeing right now they only allow 60 points a game um so they they play pretty solid defense and so uh i I think that's just going to be the de facto i I mean they just they made gonzaga look i mean just they they just they dog walk i mean absolutely i mean that's the best way to describe it just i mean they just made them look just absolutely awful and gonzaga you know didn't help that they couldn't really shoot well but they couldn't do anything about it i mean uh, uconn just did whatever they wanted uh and i think that was their biggest challenge moving forward was gonzaga and i mean they passed it with flying colors right and so you know when you have the opportunity to face miami now who i mean obviously not writing them off but miami and then you have um florida atlantic or san diego state you know i i just don't see how if you're uconn you're not pretty confident that sure. you can, you've played you've played a biggie slate like like brooks said you played a, a biggie slate that was really really tough they had excuse me uh one two three four teams in the tournament five teams in the tournament did providence get in 
Yes, they did. Yeah, they, had, yeah. they had five teams in the tournament then. Uh, uh, they might even have one or two more. Uh, Xavier, uh, not Villanova. No. Xavier, Marquette. Marquette, Marquette, UConn, Creighton, Creighton, Providence. Did Seton Hall get in? Seton Hall did not no. get in. Yeah, and so Villanova then didn't get in. So after that, St. John's. St. John's didn't get in. No, yeah, everybody. DePaul. Okay, maybe it was just five. Five. Yeah, that's what I thought. But even still, that's I would say that's pretty good um, for for that for them as a conference. I mean, Big East, a pretty good basketball conference, and at the top there, that that real. I mean. That, that top of that conference there, that top five right there has, has always been pretty relevant and, and been competing pretty hard. Um, and that they, I think they're, I think they're just going to dominate. I really do. I think that they, they have been through the ringer throughout the season. They've been through their trials and their tough time. They, they went on almost like a, I think it was like a six or seven game losing streak at one point, kind of in the fall going into the beginning of the, of the new year. And, and then they righted the ship and, um, I think now that they'll they'll be smooth sailing. Yeah, I I had UConn in my title game. Right. So I you knew a little something. I I didn't know much, uh, <laughs> but I knew slightly more than some others. I, I guess I don't know. Much. Yeah, um, but you had UConn in the title but, game. So, so <laughs> I say that to say is that they were on my radar for for a while. Now uh, we will go to the Auburn Bank phone line, then I'll give you at least a path for Miami. But we do need to go to the Auburn Bank phone line real quickly one more time at three three four eight eight seven three four zero one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine next up on the show ward damn steve retire ward damn steve is with us steve got to keep it to a couple minutes because of the shortened show but uh, how are you doing okay the pressure's on i know uh, but uh, i appreciate you guys let me on good afternoon guys okay so uh i call this fun friday and this is what i've got for you and by the way uconn will probably win uh to my display because i'm pulling for the aztecs but you know you never know sure all right so this comes from bleacher report and i love this about baseball since yesterday uh, the baseball teams all played at the same time. It's been a while since they've all done that on opening day. All right, so these are foods, guys, on opening day. All right, here we go. Yes or no, would you eat it? Okay. All right. Miami, all right. have you seen it? No. No, okay. we did We did the Braves uh, stuff the other day, but we didn't do the rest of the teams or the overall right. stuff. Miami's, Miami's Cubano Gigante, a 34-inch, two-and-a-half-pound Cuban sandwich, which will sell for fifty dollars? Would you eat it or yes or no? Immediately, yes. Yes, but please, someone help me. <laughs> I can't eat it all by myself. Um, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. I've seen the picture of it. Yeah, right, I'll, I'll go yes. All right, next, yes or no? Would you eat this? The Mets fried chicken donut sandwich. Yes, which yes. Is exactly what it sounds like. Yes, yes. yes. Very much yes. multiples. Yes. Okay. All right. It is a donut. It's got fried chicken. I've yes. Seen America. Price not available. Wonder what oh, that was. Okay, here we go. The Texas Boomstick Burger, a two-foot-long burger with chili, uh, cheese, and onion rings, will uh, cost you thirty-four ninety-nine. Would you eat it? Sure. Yeah. I'm down. No, I'm three for three. Man, they're going to need some medical have to help. Roll me yes. out of that stadium, but yes. I'm, I'll okay. eat it. You're going to need the entire uh, sports crew uh, over here to eat this stuff. It's long. I mean. Two feet long, guys. Yeah. That's a lot of ground That beef. is a lot, yep. man. Okay, and finally, you probably already knew this, uh, the Atlanta's Cleanup Burger. Is that the one with the waffles? A waffle burger yeah. with bacon, yep. a fried egg, and a nestle for fries in the middle. Absolutely. The price, yep. 
not known. Uh, would you I eat would it? eat it. Yes, absolutely. Everybody would eat it. Yeah. I would absolutely. I, eat it. We would. Yeah. I, I, I of the six they introduced, that was my favorite. I yes. love waffles. Well, after you eat any one of those, uh, please head immediately to your nearest emergency room. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Need someone standby. Yep. That's all I got, guys. I know we got our baseball game uh, with uh, the Gators, and I know they're right high. And our softball team is playing at home, uh, playing a horrible Ole Miss team, right? Yeah, Ole Miss is, I think, only 1-5 in, in the SEC. So I, w- I don't know if anyone in the SEC is completely horrible, but they're definitely on the lower end of things. So we should expect, hopefully, a sweep? I'll go two out of three. Uh, since Auburn already swept last week, and I'll go two out of three this weekend. And Gators? Do we have a chance? Just trying to get one out of three. Just trying to get one. Okay, and the word around from Nathan uh, King and Jason Caldwell is apparently uh, Mr. Wendell Green is going to be leaving us. You know, I have not read uh, read not. other than that. I did mention earlier today that he was alluding to a decision next week, uh, but I have not seen the complete speculation, so that, that would be news to me. Guys, how impactful would that be or not for us? Potentially impactful. Um, it depends who you – I mean, I, it that sounds like an NFL or an NBA thing, but it depends on who you get in return, who you get in the portal. We, we've seen great things from Aiden Hallway here uh, in some of these showcases the last few days, so it's very exciting to bring him in. But uh, I think a portal, a portal player would have to come too. Okay, and next week, guys, Monday, uh, I want to talk about all these rumors going around with West Flanagan and um, – some other people, Traore and also Mr. West, uh, Chance Westry, sure. going to Ole Miss. Sure, absolutely. Okay, guys, thank you for your time. I do appreciate it very much. You appreciate it. So y'all have a relaxing and entertaining and enjoyable weekend. Uh, I'll do my best to not whine and grumble on Monday. <laughs> so until then, guys, War Damn Eagle. War Eagle, Steve, we appreciate you as well. That is Retired War Damn Steve on our Auburn Bank phone line. Only a few minutes left in the show, so appreciate Steve uh, for getting in some fast thoughts there. Uh, so one last thing on the Final Four, and then we'll, again, briefly mention Auburn, Florida, and we'll get you out of here with a TV guide. My, my, my deal on, on Miami is something Cam started hitting on there at the end. So they've got really good guard play. Uh, obviously, everyone knows about Isaiah Wong, but it was also, I think it was Nigel Pack that hit like the seven yeah. threes yes. Yes. Uh, against Nigel Houston. Pack. So if you can hit seven threes against a great defense like like Houston, yeah, you you're, got it. You're, you're on target right now. But also, Norchad O'Meer, the big guy uh, for the He's Canes. Good. He is solid. He, he is obviously, you know, not going to get the recognition of, of what Sonogo is going to get. Uh, for UConn, but but I do think that he is good enough to hang with him. If he can keep that matchup even, keep an eye out. Now, UConn has done uh, wonderful things in this tournament. I mean, they have... Uh, I'm not going to say they haven't been tested because at the half of some of these games, they have been close. They were actually, I believe, losing Tyona at half, thumped him in the second half, beat St. Mary's with no, uh, no problem, got Arkansas pretty early out of that, and then, uh, again, Gonzaga was hanging at the half. They were down six to eight points, something like that, and then just, just started to, to to get them pretty good in the second half. So yeah. UConn feels like they are playing uh, the best of any team by a good margin. Now, again, last thing for Miami. 
Miami is not as good defensively as UConn, so I feel pretty good UConn's going to get theirs. Right. But Miami has shot very well, oh my gosh. as we're talking about with the guards. So their scores of their game, the first game with Drake was oddly low, 63-56, but since then, 85-69 over Indiana, 89-75 over Houston, 88-81 over Texas. So three straight games of at least 85 points for the Hurricanes. I think it will take something similar. Now, obviously, in two of those three games, they won by double digits, so they didn't need right. the 85, the 80 point, point, uh, 88 points. I think they will need it this time. I think this is an 85 to 80 type of game if Miami is in the game. Now, there's still a scenario where UConn wins 80 to 65, 82 to 70 if the Canes are not hitting some three point jumpers like they have been in the previous three games. But. Miami's path is a high-scoring game. They've got to answer the bell because I think UConn. I think there's a higher floor for them in this game. I don't think UConn's going to come out and only score in the 60s. I think they'll get mid to upper 70s. Yeah, uh, in most forms and fashions of uh, over of under is 150. So that's a 75 yeah, 75 game. Yeah. So you want to take it to uh, what? What's the actual line on it? Is UConn five, by five? Uh, UConn five. Yeah. So that's about a what 77 72 78 73 yeah. type of game. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I think if I think if if Miami does not score over 75, they don't win because I yeah, think UConn's I, getting low to mid 70s. Period. For sure. All right. So a couple minutes left in the show. Real quickly, guys. Auburn at Florida. We mentioned the importance of Auburn taking advantage of certain series, although they did get destroyed in the third game against Georgia uh, the other week. They won the first two. It was very important to do that because now you go to Gainesville, Florida number two in the country, some new starters for Auburn this weekend. It's all about getting a game. I don't know if you guys can can target a game that you think is most likely for the Tigers, but nevertheless, these are the type of series very difficult in the SEC. The one thing that worries me about this series, and it's it's no nothing against any of the any the starting pitching this weekend, but we just haven't seen them as a, as you know the 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 experience of the starting pitching in the SEC that's going to this weekend. I think the best chance for the Tigers is going to be that Sunday game with Tommy Vale starting because he's he's had some experience this year starting. Will Cannon came in, I think it was the Thursday game of the of the Georgia series, shut Georgia down. It was phenomenal. He's a dog, that. man. And then Armstrong, he, he's been good out of the bullpen this year, too. He's been one of the better arms out of the bullpen this year. The, the, what worries me is getting them – into that starting role, and I know what I know. You said Cam that Cannon, you know, when he came from Ju- uh, JUCO, he was a starter down there. Yeah, but it was you know he he's been in the bullpen. You got to get yourself stretched back out a little bit. Oh, I yeah. think last week that helped for sure. Going to that Georgia game because he he went been, multiple. Yeah, innings. he's been pitching longer stretches as as the seasons kind of progress. And so when you get to the the you, you're facing the number three Florida Gators on the road in Gainesville. It is going to be hot and humid. I think the best chance for Auburn to get a game, and I think that's what you've got to go for, is it's what Butch Thompson has said is uh, before, is take one on the road, two at home. I think the best chance for them is that Sunday game with Tommy Vale starting. But if you, if you can get some quality innings out of Armstrong and out of Cannon tonight and tomorrow night going into uh, this weekend and, and limit those Florida bats – you got yourself a chance to win a you know win a couple games down there. I just I think the best chance is that that Sunday game. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. interesting. Uh, obviously, Auburn not expected to win this series. Be interesting to see the dynamics of how games take place, roster strategy, pitching wise, and and this that and the other. 
Uh, if Auburn gets a lead at any point, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but, but particularly or, uh, earlier in the series, all hands on deck type of game. If Auburn gets down tonight, 7-1, 8-0, 9-2, whatever, in the middle innings, does Auburn just kind of pitch some of their worst guys just right. to go ahead and take one on the nose and, and look forward to the weekend? So uh, strategy of pitching staff will be very interesting. And, again, uh, as Butch Thompson said, uh, or what Brooks talked about, what Butch has always said, you know, basically 500 in this league ends up being pretty good at the end of the day. Unless you're projected as one of the top five or six teams in the country, uh, most time, most teams will take 500. You will make the NCAA tournament if you go 500 in this league uh, because of, of, of how many great teams you play. And, of course, uh, trying to qualify for Hoover and, and, and that sort of thing is always on everyone's mind. All right, just a minute or two left in the show time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Heart Seltzer. Brooks, what do we got yeah. tonight? Uh, there is no, nothing that I'm going to give you tonight that is a movie or a TV show. All sports tonight. You okay. got a, you got a nice. variety of sports going on tonight. Six o'clock on Golf Channel, LPGA Tour, second round action of the DIO Implant LA Open gets underway this evening. Uh, six o'clock FS1, some PBA bowling for you. The USBC Masters match plays tonight. So there's some off the wall sports. High school or women's basketball. Tonight, 6 o'clock, ESPN, LSU, Virginia Tech, Final Four. Then follow that up with the late night tip, 8.30, Iowa, South Carolina from Dallas. The Final Four is in American Airlines Center in Dallas tonight. Huge matchup. This, these are some of the better uh, women's basketball Final Four games that we've seen in the last few years. Real quickly, guys, because they'll play the whole thing before we talk again. Who you got in the, the women's bracket? Uh, I've got, I've got South Carolina playing against LSU. I've got South Carolina winning it all, playing a perfect season. Same. I think LSU went beats Virginia Tech tonight, and I think that South Carolina beats them on Sunday. Yes, as well. I've got South <laughs> a of, Carolina. A lot of yep. variety tonight yep. in our picks. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, high school basketball action tonight. The Throne uh, is a high school basketball tournament that's happening in Atlanta. The semifinals tonight at 8 o'clock. And then, of course, uh, to wrap things up on the Nightly TV Guide tonight, Auburn softball and baseball in action tonight baseball coming up here at 5 30 on the sec network plus as it'll be auburn at number three florida and then six o'clock in the sec network plus Ole miss and number 23 auburn and that is your look at your night tv guide brought to you our friends at white claw hard seltzer oh a little little tune there at the end brooks thank you very much for that thanks for being here throughout the week we'll see you again next week i'll see you then and cam thank you for being here today we'll see you again next week as well glad to be here and of course we thank all those who tuned in and called in as always, as uh, we always appreciate all of our great listeners and callers. We'll be back with, a, I believe, a full edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show on Monday. Don't forget Auburn softball coming up next, about 545, Auburn versus Ole Miss, first of three inside of J.B. Moore Field. For Cam Berry and Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan Boy. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Final Fours in both men's and women's basketball, and we'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs>